0: I'm Jakob Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled Boost, a series specifically created to boost business in South Africa by letting passionate and committed business people share their stories. In this episode, we're chatting about digital marketing with a bit of flux and a twist. We're chatting about uh, what digital marketing services are, what to look for in a digital marketing company, and can artificial intelligence actually play a role in its future? I'm joined by Aubrey Turner from Quantum Flux Digital. Aubrey, welcome.
1: Thanks, Jaco. Appreciate you having me on board.
0: So uh, we always start the show by just uh, giving our guests a little bit of a background on who you are and um, what you're doing, and how long you've been doing it for.
1: Uh, Thanks, Jaco. So my agency is pretty new. Um, I've got about 13 years' experience in the digital game, both client side and agency, and um, sort of out of necessity finding a hole in the industry, seeing a, a need. We've, we've launched a new agency, and we're we trying to see um, if we can sort of um, change change the digital landscape.
0: And uh, when you say new, how new is it?
1: Oh, it's very, very new, Jaco. Um, So I've had some clients sort of um, that have been with me for about a year or two, but that was more on a freelance basis. The agency is like under 90 days old. It's basically brand, brand new. Yeah. Um, and like I said, we're just trying to disrupt, disrupt the industry.
0: Okay, well, that's certainly interesting, and that's why we're having this discussion. Um, I have a lot of respect for somebody that starts a new business in this space, in in this day and age. So let's go into it. Um, what does Quantum Digital, uh, Quantum Flux Digital, do? Uh, and it's quite an interesting name.
1: Yeah, thanks. So we're a we're a full service digital agency. Um, so we deliver on all your digital marketing services, with be that paid media, website development, um, social media, et cetera. Where we try and really be different is we don't utilize any um, sort of juniors on our actual campaigns. We only work with um, senior providers and we only have a team of seniors. And then we also utilize artificial intelligence and we're trying to integrate that into all of our business to ensure we can scale our campaigns quicker, um, scale our marketing quicker, and really sort of get get done in 60 days what we would, would take 300 days previously.
0: Wow. Okay, well, we definitely have to talk more about that. And uh, I mean, the, where there's a technology twist uh, in unbundled boost, I'm also always keen for that. Um, why did you start the business?
1: Um, a little bit out of necessity, Jaco. So off the back of, of layoffs in the in the, in the digital industry, I was one of those guys who got laid off. So it was a little bit of, of necessity. But at the same time, it's something I've wanted to do for for years. I've always sort of been on the cusp of wanting to start my own business. And I've just never sort of had the courage. And I think being laid off was the kick that I needed.
0: It was now never.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. I look for another job and continue on the path that I am, which, I mean, I wasn't doing badly. I enjoyed my career. Or I, or I go for it and, and take on my dream.
0: So um, so this is it's quite an interesting um, uh, business for me. Uh, and I'll be dead honest. I'm actually um, normally quite vocal about the fact that this sort of digital marketing space tends to be difficult for me to understand and quantify and know why you're spending what you're spending, et cetera, et cetera. So what must a a customer look for um, when they engage a a digital marketing firm? Uh, To me, it it just seems there's so many firms and and there's all kinds of people telling you all kinds of different stories. Um, I I just generally find it uh, quite difficult to to, uh, discern.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think the the barrier to entry into the digital space is a huge problem for for digital agencies and for clients. Um, you know, you don't know if the person taking over your your marketing budget's been around for 10 days or for 12 years. You know, there's a really low barrier to entry and clients tend to not understand what's happening. So it's quite easy to speak around the client and sort of fool them. And I think it's one of the things we're trying to do is make sure that doesn't happen. So I would say, um, look, going into agencies, look into the... The people that are going to be working on your accounts look into their backgrounds, look into previous work that they've done, make sure that they are aligning what you need with what they are proposing. So instead of just sort of like spitting out proposals and hoping clients sign, make sure that your KPIs and your goals and what you're looking for are being taken into consideration and the guys are thoughtful and, and considerate on that. Um, and then again, I think also just shop around, you know, don't just go to one agency, go to three or four, get a couple of quotes out and see who you feel the most comfortable with. Um, because at the end of the day, your gut will, will give you a good feeling as well.
0: But I mean, if, if uh, we look at your business, um, the range of services that you deliver, uh, how many, I, I looked quickly, there must be about eight or 10 different services that you deliver. Yes. And, and for me always, um, you know, maybe I'm, I'm a little bit too linear when it comes to, to these kind of things, but, uh, uh, I always say, you know, in a catalytic world, our customers buy from us because we tell them what they, what they need to do next. You know, it's like a sort of like a journey that we take them on. You can't go day one and just circle ideas, 20 services, take all of it. Um, in, in my past experience in this digital space, it's very, it's very, um, Difficult to work out, you know, sort of where to start and how to progress the, the, the process, if I can call it that. So, how do you know where to start uh, with, a, or how does a customer know where to start when uh, there's all of these range of services that you can do?
1: Yeah, so I would I would recommend clients in that situation reach out and actually chat to to an expert because. You know, sitting down, having a chat to the clients, having a chat about where they would like their business to go, what they would like to achieve, and, and, and sort of the goals and key performance areas that they're looking for, that's where we can align and we can, we can make sure we're delivering the right service. I imagine that the, the services we offer, I would never offer all of those services to one client. Most clients are going to take one, maybe two, three services at max, but, you know, the, the, the thing that we try to make sure that we can deliver is a holistic service. So. We can be that sort of like one stop shop, and we do have a lot of sort of senior experts on retainer that that work solely with us, et etc, to make sure that we can deliver um, quality work on, on on that level
0: and and um, do you um, my next question actually is is for you as a business, and I mean this uh, might mean a lot of things what are the, the the biggest hurdles that you face on a on a daily basis? Uh, I assume one of it is 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 getting uh, uh, you know, through to your customer, cutting through all of this fluff that's out there.
1: Yes, a hundred percent. So you know, getting the customers to understand what we are trying to do would be would be a massive issue with most agencies. I think we try and work a lot closer with our customers. We try to become part of the sort of um, furniture in their business. You know, I I myself will will step in and consult to customers and make sure that I'm involved. And I've got that 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 experience. I've I've been been a CMO for five six years. I've got to understand what customers are looking for, what the board, the execs are looking for. So I'll try and step into that. But but to be honest with you, our main challenges are really keeping up with the industry. The industry moves so fast, um, trying to make sure that we are that those experts in the industry. So when a customer comes to us with a new tool, a new product, we know what they're talking about. You know, we, I can't have a customer say to me, Facebook's launched this new, I don't know, ad, ad format and we have no idea what it is. So, so making sure that we always as experts is probably the hardest part of a ever, ever changing, ever evolving industry.
0: Uh, it's, uh, it's, and it's across all of these different technology platforms, you know, what Instagram, Twitter, all of these, you know, I, I can't even imagine how, how difficult that must yeah. be.
1: And things change so fast, and with the way media spreads, you know everybody knows about something five minutes after it's launched. So, so if you don't spend time really sort of digging in, you've you've got to, you've got issues.
0: Now, something that that's really really interesting, and I think um, maybe because uh, your your baby your quantum flux baby is so new, uh, gives you the opportunity to to really, um, you, you know, differentiate yourself. And I found it quite interesting. Um, uh, you, you've found a mechanism or, a, or a, uh, a way to to deploy artificial intelligence in your services offering. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, Jaco, yeah, so I think it's, you know, we're just trying to find a way that we can really scale and really be a little bit different to, to all the other agencies out there. I know from my time on client side, um, and one of the products we launched is artificial intelligence um, content generation, so AI content generation tool. And I know my side, um, my, my life in the client side, the biggest thing we ever had, the biggest issues we had was getting content out, paying for content. It would be really, really expensive. And you know, you, you're not putting out more than sort of like 20 articles a month at absolute best. Um, and that's if you've got a couple of writers, et cetera. And, and it's quite difficult. So we've um, sort of sat down and put together a formula where we can spit out, we can do a hundred articles a month. Um, but making sure that we're aligning them in the right place, we've got a human touch. We've got experts on hand that are editing, optimizing, making sure we're targeting the right keywords for your um, brand, for your website, and making sure we get in the right traffic off the back of those, of those, of those articles. So I think it's a it's an interesting approach. Um, we've seen it work um, yeah. with with clients, and it's it really just makes it scalable. You know, instead of taking a year to put out a couple hundred articles, we can do it in a few months, and we can do it at, at exactly the same level that you would and it's not replacing humans our, the sort of formula that we've got in place is i would like our articles to be sort of top of funnel um brand awareness articles so people come in and asking sort of like what is questions and they're not that technical so it's a little bit more of the broader level term articles that we would do and then your content specialists your writers that you have in-house let them write the technical stuff the technical stuff that artificial intelligence doesn't know about
0: i, um, I was about to ask to that get- uh, i mean uh, I would have almost have thought if I was on this uh, sort of high bandwagon, or that I am, AI might uh, pose a threat into this into this business, because uh, surely isn't every customer now going to think, "Let me just go to ChatGPT and and let it write a million articles for me"?
1: No, look, you you could do that. The problem that you that you would probably face doing it that way is um, is making sure there's a good strategy behind it, making sure you're targeting the right messages, the right keywords, and um, you don't end up getting penalized by Google or the works for sort of like spamming the search engine. So Google's come out and said they don't really care how the content's created as long as the content is relevant. So if you create an AI and it's relevant content, they're fine with it. So there is a way and there is a method to make sure that's, that we can sort of ensure that there is no penalties and we are seeing a boost in traffic. And then again, I think... If you're a content writer, if you're a copywriter, or if you whatever sort of industry you in, if you're worried about being replaced by AI, I don't think it's going to be. A, I don't see it as being a problem. I see it as being a tool, a tool that um, can facilitate better work. You know, mathematicians didn't get replaced by the calculators. I know it's a very um, simple explanation, but it's, it's a tool for us to us to move forward with. And. If you're a content writer, you know let's be, become more technical. If you want to always be a broad level content writer, then sure, maybe maybe you're going to have problems. But digging in and becoming more technical and really specialising in your writing, you know, you won't be replaced. I mean, we'll we'll have to leverage you if you're working with a client with those types of technical writers.
0: And and I think for me that's probably the. Uh, I mean, I, actually, I love your m- mathematician uh, analogy. I think that's actually the perfect way of doing it. Um and it's it's so interesting because you know like uh, um I was chatting about it last week where we tend to go onto this onto this hype and all of a sudden AI is this new silver bullet and it's gonna do everything automatically and replace everybody but they but ultimately as in any craft um you still need experts that's got experience that that know like you say um I think people that want to try and just uh, generate content and and almost like become spammed type or whatever. People also, um, you know, cut through that and say, okay, right, I'm, I, this is nonsense. I, I don't want to read it.
1: I yeah, 100%, 100% agreed. And I think that's the way it, it's going to go, you know. And at the same time, if Google starts picking up you know, Google's very sophisticated. If they start picking up your website irrelevant, people are coming onto your site and leaving quickly, and it's continuous, and your content isn't relevant to, to your users, they'll stop ranking you. And you're going to end up going from, you know, maybe you'll be short lived. Maybe you'll list a thousand articles and get 10,000 visitors a month extra, whatever the case is. But that's going to be short lived. And 90 days' time, Google's going to penalize you and you're going to have a problem.
0: Uh, so, I mean, and, and again, to me, that's where that um, expertise comes in, in terms of, um... You know, sort of having a longer term strategy and not just say, okay, well, um, I think if I get to the top of, of, uh, of the, the Google search engine, you know, then, you know, I've, I've won it at whatever it is that I'm doing.
1: A hundred percent, you know, I think, I think SEO content strategies are, a, are a long term game. I mean, we, we would previously in, in my previous life we would take at least sort of six to eight months before we start generating any kind of results um maybe a little bit faster if we were lucky and we had a strong domain etc so i think the the goal is to to um accelerate that so it might still take six to eight months to start seeing solid results but you know, you're gonna see in eight months time, you're gonna see the results you would have seen in sixteen to twenty months time. So that's sort of the sort of mm-hmm. the play that we're pushing at. And we've been experimenting with clients. I've been experimenting with customers and, and we are seeing the sort of uplift. And if you've got strong domain ranking and old domains that have been around for a long time that are well um respected, we see an uplift even much quicker than that.
0: Um Aubrey and in, and in sort of where are you targeting your services? Um and and I always find this interesting uh uh, question as well in the sense that, you know, a lot of the time uh, uh, that we spend at Cat- Catalytic tends to have a lot of small to medium enterprise customers. So that means it's entrepreneurial type businesses that, um, you know, have to focus on what it is ever is they're doing. So something like, like marketing, you always need a, a strong partner in order to come and assist you because it's not, uh, you know, it's not your, your natural um, scenario. But those type of people also tend to be a bit more um, impatient in, in a sense of just say, are you nuts? I don't want to pay for something for eight months before I see a result in, and I don't know if it's going to work. Where or is it that you're sort of targeting your services?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we're currently pushing towards sort of um, more SMEs. Um, so we're not looking okay. at, at massive corporates. Um, not, not to say we wouldn't work with the corporates. I have worked with the corporates previously. Um, I've got a partner, American. She's based in um the UK. So we're looking for SMEs in South Africa and the UK, and that's sort of where we what we're targeting currently.
0: Oh, okay, and then uh, um, I think now for me, you know, like I, I always um try and make it real. So when you when you engage that that small to medium enterprise type customer, um uh, just take us through those steps and and how does it start and and sort of. Um, i don't know if i can if it's that easy you know So, sort of uh, what what is a realistic budget you have in mind when when you engage on this on this journey
1: yeah so um i mean engagement on an initial journey would hopefully start with the phone call um normally you get a client emailing um sort of like asking about services we'll jump on a call and we'll try to figure out exactly what they are looking for what their requirements are you know budget's budgets range, Yaku, it's how long's a piece of string kind of a thing. Yeah, we can yeah. go from, we've got clients spending 2,000 rand a month, all the way up to sort of like clients spending sort of seventy, 000, eighty thousand 80,000 a month. And that's about where our, our current cap is um, for our sort of retainers. Um, we don't really, we don't really have anyone much bigger than that currently. Um, but again, I mean, if you're looking at just like, for example, if you're looking at the content generated, um, the AI content, we start at about 15,000 a month on that um, and for fifteen thousand a month, you get eighty articles, which is which is a pretty decent per article rate. If you consider that a that a content writer writing the same articles would charge you probably two and a half to three grand an article.
0: Um, and then, um, and in uh, um, you know, we uh, we always get back to this uh, on our, on our show that um, I think the the key thing in terms of making sure that what uh, that an initiative like this works is the. Your customer has to know what it is that they want um and I know if i if I take myself as an example that that can be a very 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 difficult uh, question to answer other than just more business and 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 more revenue so how how should that you, your end customers sort of prep themselves uh before an engagement like this, or is it as easy as just to call and then you take them through that process um and sort of Um, unlock for them or or work with them in terms of what it is that they want?
1: Yeah, so Shem, you remind me of a a thing I saw shared yesterday. It says, um, AI will never take over over our work because if it does, it means our customers need to know what they want and so we're safe. (laughs) And I think, I think, it's you know, I've I've got a lot of experience working working with businesses, um, consulting on businesses and, and identifying what they want i think there's got to be got to be an idea um so the customer needs to say you know we for instance like we don't have an email strategy we get getting a, a decent amount of revenue we turn turning revenue over but there's no email strategy and we feel like we could unlock a new channel um, and then we can come on board and we can consult so i'm happy to to speak to customers i'm happy to consult through their funnel understand what their customer journeys look like and then try and of of, um, can we patch up the low-hanging fruit very, very quickly, and then work on sort of bigger, bigger plans off the back of that? So, so I really think that it's it's a conversation i'm and that I'm happy to have with with any potential customers on where where they see low-hanging fruits, how they can how they can engage it, and and I'm even happy to sort of have conversations with customers on how they think they should grow their departments, etc. It's not not that I'm only trying to sort of like pull revenue of customers. I I'd like to see business that we partner with grow and develop. And if that means they grow and develop a marketing team that takes over our work, um, so be it, that's fine as well. You know, that, that's the end goal It's customers
0: grow. Um, and then, um, something that you said now, which is interesting to me you you spoke about how quickly the, the, um, the market is evolving. Um, and then, and then, uh, we still talk about email marketing. How has that changed? Um, in the last two or three years, do you, do you find that people tend to want content more on their mobile phones or is email still something that's effective? So it's maybe a bit of a secret source that I'm asking you now.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 it's funny. I'll definitely happily um, let this sort of secret out. Almost every single place I've worked at email has always been one of the top converters, if not the top converter um, in terms of, 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 return on, on spend um in terms of conversion rates etc if you've got a a dedicated client list or or a a client list that's interested in your service i guarantee you email will convert somewhere or something that email always does well and it's cheap to push out um the benefits on sort of pushing new technologies into content etc is it's a lot longer more longer term right you Put, put put a couple articles up today. They're still up in five six years time. Um, so they could be generating new customers every month for 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 years on end until okay. they're sort of like irrelevant. Depending on on what your product
0: is. And do you find it um, stuff like um, I don't know uh, pushing? And this is obviously I'm asking for myself now as a, as a matter of interest. Um, do you find that that, that pushing marketing messages uh, via a channel like WhatsApp or or Facebook Messenger or something like that is that something that that's efficient that that works or or do people find it to be a bit uh, invasive?
1: So I think it depends on how you do it. You can do it um, in a very respectable manner, and it can be utilised. And again, I, I think if things are targeted correctly, if you've been relevant to your customer. Then it's not going to be invasive because if that's if that's what you're looking for, and I and I put a product in front of you that's like exactly what you need, I'm saving you time, I'm saving you research, etc. Um, I think that's that's very relevant and will be helpful. However, the problem is people can be very spammy, and that gets annoying. I know I get spammed all the time, and it drives me drives me mad. You know, you're blocking people and this sort of thing. And I also think a, a big push for me on the WhatsApp um, communication front and Facebook Messenger is actually just customer communication. So let's meet our customer where they are. If, if our customer wants to be communicated with on WhatsApp, let's do that. Let's, let's sort of meet them where they are. Let's not force them to open up an email just to get a customer invoice or whatever the case is. Let's really see if we can utilize all the technologies to make sure we're making our customers' lives easier.
0: And, then, um, uh, and again, I, I guess that comes down to uh, – to the end customer understanding what the what the business is about and what is it that they that they need you to help them to achieve, which is always the difficult um, portion. Yeah hundred
1: percent. Yaku I think if I could if I could recommend anything to any businesses actually go and talk to your customers. Get in your customer's shoes, understand what you're putting out, pretend you're your customer. Will your customer find this intriguing? Will it be interesting? Will it be relevant to them? Or is it spam spammy and you're just trying to sort of like a hard sell um and then yeah speak to your customers find out what they're looking for find out how you could make their lives easier how you could sort of um what what services you could push i think a lot of businesses don't realize but the easiest revenue off the back of, of, of most businesses is actually getting your customers to stick around for longer um getting your customers not to leave if you've got sort of like a revenue model that, that, that um, portrays so that it pushes to that so really chatting to your customers making sure that you are delivering what they want and not what you think they want
0: uh, that is that. Uh, it's actually, um, yeah. I think that's something for every single person to contemplate. You know, like uh, you just made me think. Now, you know, we're so vested in in what we're doing on a daily basis. You, you know, we sometimes forget to put ourselves in the customer's shoes. I think that is is sage advice. Um, so, Aubrey, if somebody listened to this um, and they want to know more, uh, where do they start with you?
1: Yeah, they can reach out to me on my personal email. It's Aubrey, A-U-B-R-E-Y, at um, quantumflux, so Q-U-A-N-T-U-M-F-L-U-X, dot digital. Um, They can also reach out to me on my LinkedIn, Aubrey Turner. I'm very active, at up try and post a couple of days a week um and i'll also i'll sort, sort of give away all sorts of secrets and, and stuff on my linkedin so more than happy to share that i'm not i'm not sort of keeping anything close i'm happy to share any sort of strategies etc
0: and in your website
1: it's quantumflux.digital
0: okay last question now uh, we, we're sort of wrapping up but uh, i actually uh, i've got to come back to it uh, how did you come up with the name
1: so it's a it's a bit of a, a strange situation. Yakun. there's no names available <laughs> anymore in .coms. Um, you really sort of like struggle. So we spent weeks trying to find a, a valuable name, and then we came up with the .com, um, the .digital sort of URL. And we've actually got an article on our on our website under our blog on how we came up with our name and and what we did. And um, but essentially. What I understand by, by, by a quantum fluctuation is it's a small movement, a small um, change within a black hole. And if there isn't any change without a quantum flux, there will be no change and no movement. So essentially, we sort of saying we'll come in and make a change to your sort of normal day to day, your marketing efforts, and we'll, we'll make, make movements and positive movements.
0: I love that. So we'll put up uh, all of your details when we publish the podcast. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you and we, me will chat a, a lot about this because, um, you know, it's something that we, we, uh, str- uh, how do I say contemplate and struggle with on a daily basis? How do we, how do we make sure that uh, we give our customers all the information that they need, um, in the, in, in a constructive manner? Like you say, not just doing a, a hard sale. Um, and I think, for us that um, that is super dependent on on small to medium uh, enterprises to work um it's always interesting when we sit in front of our customers you know how how digital marketing can can improve their businesses so uh, I think we've got something that we need to develop here over time
1: yeah I look I look forward to that Jeff, and I think just something something on what you said I want to add is you know short term sales spammy marketing campaigns. In short-term revenue, which is, which is quite unfortunate, which is why people continue to do them. But what it actually does in the long-term is it damages your brand. So you might get a little bit of revenue popping up over the next week or two, but you know what? In six months time, people are going to have like people, other people are going to, there's more damage done to your brand than what you sold in, in that short term. So it's better to sort of play the long-term game and really try and develop a brand, a quality brand that everybody is interested in working with. And no one thinks you, you're selling them, I don't know, snake, what's snake oil?
0: Okay, Aubrey, thank you very much. Uh, it's it's actually a, a a topic that's close to my heart, so I really enjoyed talking about it. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Well,
1: my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to Unbundled Boost, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to boost business in South Africa. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central Apple website, and for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And uh, if you want to know more about Catalytic, please visit catalytic.co.za.